lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Wednesday. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show. We are live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. I am Steve Dace. He is Aaron McIntyre, and he is Todd Erzin, and you are you. Let us know who you are and what you think about what we think via the SteveDace.com inbox. That's Steve at SteveDace.com. D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Look for us on MeWe, Parlor, Gab, and Getter. Reminder, we're just lying to you on Facebook regularly. Uh, with our hashtag Facebook approved takes, we are just presenting you the narrative that Facebook's fake checkers uh, demand I offer you. Uh, and you know us, we comply just in our own unique way. So if you would like to be lied to, check us out on Facebook. If you like us to tell you the truth as best as we can, check us out at all those other places. You can also check out uh, clips of the show that are both free to watch and free of censorship when you go to rumble.com slash Steve Day Show. Again, that's rumble.com slash Steve Day Show. I had an interesting conversation last night uh, with uh, a group of legislators state legislators from out of state so not here in iowa that gives you 49 other options to guess i will not reveal what state it was okay and and in some of this i think i'm going to put in an overtime tomorrow remind me okay Okay. um the three strategy points that i gave them and maybe we'll put that in an overtime tomorrow and that way it's there's a record of it if other people want to utilize it um so that i'm not doing 5, 10, 15, 20 more of these Zoom calls I really don't have the time for. Um, but I want to help the cause, obviously, as much as I can. So maybe we just do it in an overtime, and then there's a record of it, and people can just have it from there. Fair? Yeah. Okay. But there was one question that was raised during this call last night. And I want to I want to get to that question here in just a moment. First, though, uh, how much equity do you have in your home? 50,000, 100,000 more, uh, maybe uh, cyber criminals might know. And that's why cyber crime experts are alerting homeowners that the more equity you have, the greater the chance foreign and domestic criminals could come after you with what is called home title theft. In fact, Home Title Lock, America's leader in home title protection, is alerting owners that you could already be a victim and not yet know it. Because here's how it goes down. First, cyber thieves search hundreds of public databases for high-equity homes. Next, they pull your home's online title, forge your signature on a quick claim deed stating you have sold your home to them. And then they can take out loans against your equity and you're not going to be covered by your mortgage lender or your homeowner's insurance. But you can protect yourself and your most valuable asset with HomeTitleLock.com. Right now, you can register your address and see if you're already a victim and receive a complete title history of your home. That's a $100 value. They will give it to you for free when you go to HomeTitleLock.com. Again, that's HomeTitleLock.com. So one of the legislators on this call last night asked me, just out of curiosity, how do you explain the disconnect with so much vaccine hesitancy coming on the heels of a virus that we saw much of this country lose their damn minds over, right? Yep. Now that, that's a fascinating question. I kind of was taken aback that we haven't raised it on this show. Maybe it's one of those things that's so obvious. It's, you know, 
uh, that you can't, you don't see the nose and, you know, in front of your face sometimes. Right. And, and one thing I clarified with him is first of all, you know, um, the majority of people that are unvaccinated in this country are minorities. Now they're gonna, they don't want to tell you that because that doesn't fit, doesn't fit a political narrative. Okay. But I mean, blacks are, thir- are 13% of the U.S. population. They're only 28% of the people vaccinated. So, and this was a state that would have uh, places that have certain parts of the state with high black populations that I was talking to last night. And no, no one wants to say that. You know, it, it's actually about 60% of white evangelicals in America are vaccinated. And since 80% of them voted for Trump, the idea that it's just a majority of Trump voters holding out here, is there a sizable chunk of Trump voters holding out oh, here? Oh, sure. Sure. But is it just a bunch of Trump voters holding out here? No, no. It's, it's not. It's not by a long shot, actually. But I said, now that I've clarified that data point for you, your question, though, is a good one. And I think what it speaks to is the lack of trust. That too many people have been burned. It's a vaccination technology that we're not accustomed to. They have they've way over exaggerated in the trials. It's efficacy. Now it's efficacy in public. So like if you look at CDC's most recent data, what they showed in June is about one out of four hospitalizations were vaccinated people. I mean I don't know. That's still a pretty good marketing tool. Come, yeah, we, we came up with something in a year that in real time we can show you has a 75% chance if you're infected of keeping you out of the hospital. I mean, that, that's a pretty good commercial, don't you think? Yeah. I, I mean, you're the anti-vaxxer nut here, right? Yeah. That, that's a pretty good marketing. We got real-time data. Okay, we, we came up with something in a year for, with a virus that's unfamiliar and unknown that has about 75% odds right now of keeping you out of the hospital. I think a lot of people probably would have like responded to that. Instead, they were told 100% and everybody in the hospital is unvaccinated and 100% human trials or it was 97 or something like that or I don't know, some Hugo Chavez like voting total. And people get out and in the open and they start, you know, they see people that got it first and how sick they were with the second shot and, and nobody told anybody about any of this. They plan on taking a day or two off from work maybe for when you go get the second shot. Did they, did they run ads telling us that? No. Did you guys see, were there Moderna ads telling people in January and February, hey, just plan on taking a couple of personal days? Did they do that? No. No, so since they didn't tell you that up front, but told you these things had like Vladimir Putin-like vote totals for efficacy, all right, you go see your 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 friends and family who are on the list to get the thing first, and then they're taking a day or two off of work because they're, what do you think? Hey, you guys didn't tell me this. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And And so it began right away, right away. The oversell. When chances are the real data is probably good enough on its own, at least so far. That may change in the current trend lines. We shall see. But they did this from the very beginning. Then they continued to just ignore natural immunity. Because everybody's taking a biology class and they're like, why should I get vaccinated for something I just had? I don't understand that. Doesn't, Doesn't that make me immune to something if I just had it? And so this is a failure and a breach of trust from your public health officials. That's why. That is why. And 
That's the to me, it's the only explanation for why there is so much vaccine hesitancy after there was so much virus panic and paranoia. Shows like mine, shows like Daniel's and others we have on a platform like this. You know, Buck Sexton and Clay Travis have been pretty good on this almost from the beginning, especially Clay. Yeah. But they only took over Rush Limbaugh's platform, what, the first of the month, right? Or first of July. So my point is, those of us who have been pushing back on COVID scare tactics from the beginning, we've now now we've been joined by a lot more people since then in this last year. But from for all of last year and from the beginning, all of us combined didn't have the kind of platform that could really move the public debate this much. We just didn't. We just did not. We're nothing up against the New York Times, Washington Post, CNN, industrial, big pharma complex. We're nothing. No, this is you started lying to people from the beginning and now they're now they're not sure about you. You didn't tell them that their loved ones who got the vaccine were going to have maybe have to miss a day or two from work or get really sick after the second shot. You didn't tell them that. And that's where it began from the very beginning, the oversell. And I just I thought after we after this was discussed on this call last night, I want us to, I just want to bring it up on the show today. We won't spend a lot of time on it. We'll move on to the regular business. But I do think it is an interesting proposition. We went from a country where the vast majority of the country wanted to stay home until there was a vaccine. They really believed getting to 70% of adults vaccinated by July 4th would be easy. And frankly, based on how panicked everyone was at this time last year, I don't blame them for thinking that, right? And now we're sitting here, we're, on, we're coming up to Labor Day weekend, we're at 52% of Americans are, are fully vaccinated. 62% of adults. Why? And I think it's from the very beginning, they oversold this. Somewhere between oversell to just dishonest. And now they've created a boomerang effect of distrust. All right, coming up also on the show today, Weekly Prophet of Woe and Lamentation, Daniel Horowitz. We will play Buy, Seller, Hold. Alex Berenson, fresh off his Twitter ban, will be joining us here at the bottom of the hour. But before we get to all of that, here is Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away Thoughts brought to you by taking a victory lap. In a classic case of old man yelling at country, Joe Biden declared victory somehow after his administration's botched pullout from Afghanistan. The extraordinary success of this mission was due to the incredible skill, bravery, and selfless courage of the United States military and our diplomats and intelligence professionals. He also blamed Americans left behind for being left behind. Since March, we reached out 19 times to Americans in Afghanistan with multiple warnings and offers to help them leave Afghanistan all the way back as far as March. After the speech was over, Biden finally took questions. 
Just kidding, no he didn't. White House Chief of Staff Ron Klain says the U.S. did pretty good, all things considered. I think any effort to unwind that, any effort to bring our troops out, any effort to end our military presence yes. in Afghanistan was going to be filled with uh, heartbreaking scenes and difficulties. And I think uh, the Biden administration has managed that as well as it could be managed under the circumstances we were placed in. And now this, the U.K. Daily Mail has produced a transcript, allegedly, of the final phone call in July between President Biden and now former president of Afghanistan, Ghani, ahead of the U.S.'s withdrawal from the country. Part of the transcript from Biden reads, quote, I need not tell you the perception around the world and in parts of Afghanistan, I believe, is that things are not going well in terms of the fight against the Taliban. And there is a need, whether it's true or not, there is a need to project a different picture, end quote. And now moving on into a rapid-fire hodgepodge of stories of note in Canada, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau is telegraphing the spirit of the age's next moves. What we learnt from this climate, this uh, COVID crisis, we will be applying to the climate crisis, to the housing crisis, to reconciliation, to making sure that everyone has good jobs and careers that carry them through and create opportunities for their kids. Some great news in Texas as of today, it is now illegal to murder an unborn baby who is six weeks along or older. This comes after the U.S. Supreme Court didn't act on an emergency request to stop the law from taking effect by today. This allowed the policy to move forward despite some ongoing court challenges. In California, a judge has forced L.A. County and the state government to pay a total of $800,000 to Grace Community Church. That's the one pastored by John MacArthur. After the church incurred fines from the county and the state for defying their indoor worship bans last year during the lockdowns. The settlement avoids further litigation on the matter. The NFL Players Association has opened an investigation into Jacksonville Jaguars head coach Urban Meyer after Meyer said he considered his players' vaccination status and his decision whether or not to cut them from the final roster. A federal judge yesterday hit the brakes on Western Michigan University's vaccine mandate one day after four soccer players sued, saying the policy violated their religious beliefs. Another study out of the University of Louisville finds, surprise, mask mandates did little to nothing to halt the spread of COVID-19 in 2020. The country of Israel, the first in the world to vaccinate the majority of their population and the first country to vaccinate 80% of adults, now has the highest current case rate in the entire world. Two senior leaders at the Food and Drug Administration are stepping aside. Marion Gruber and Phil Kraus, both of whom have been at the agency for over 30 years, say they're irritated that the CDC and by extension the White House are making decisions about the vaccines, specifically the booster shots, that they should actually be making at the FDA. A teacher in Sacramento, California, was the target of Project Veritas's latest sting. Gabriel Gipe was caught on camera describing the atmosphere he creates in his high school classroom. Sacramento organization that is under the banner of Antifa is, is very loosely organized, right? Where would he go to connect to some of these organizations? Like, no, I, I post a calendar oh, every okay, week. Awesome. And then, so, so like, they, it's, and I do it for extra credit. So they get points for doing it. Like, and so that encourages them to do it. <laughs> and I've, I've had like students show for like protests, community events, you know, tabling, food distribution, all sorts of things. They, when they go, they take pictures, they write up a reflection, that's their extra credit. Like, I, I have 
an Antifa flag on my on my wall. Um, and a student complained about that, and he said it made him feel uncomfortable. Well, this is meant to make fascists feel uncomfortable, so if you feel uncomfortable, I, I don't really know what to tell you. <laughs> like, maybe you shouldn't be aligning with the, the values that it, this is antithetical to. And finally, this headline from the Babylon Bee. Secret Service investigating credible threat from the Grim Reaper. And that's what happened while we were away. Aaron's Montage brought to you by Omega XL. If you're struggling with that chronic, nagging, lingering pain, aches, stiffness, achiness, uh, not because you have a recent injury or boo-boo, but the chronic variety, chances are the cause is too much inflammation. How about an all-natural anti-inflammatory backed by 35 years of clinical research, which also I can personally attest to its usefulness. Such a thing exists. It's called Omega XL. And right now, if you want to neutralize the inflammation that is likely causing your chronic pain, give them a try. Buy one bottle, get the second one for free. A little BOGO action for you. Buy one, get one free today when you go to OmegaXL.com slash Steve. Again, get the, uh, the all-natural anti-inflammatory that neutralizes the inflammation causing that chronic pain. When you go to OmegaXL.com slash Steve or call them at 800-844-4888. That's 800-844-4888. Today, to quote the great prophet Ice Cube, today has been a good day. This is about the best in the current cultural climate we are in. This is probably the best collection of news for an Aaron montage that this current cultural climate is capable of producing. Let us all savor it. Enjoy it. Thank our creator for it. A port in the storm. A light shining in the darkness. We don't get too many montages like this. We don't get too many where the most important news that Aaron will highlight is actually encouraging. Let me give you a couple of examples. Let's start with what's going on at the FDA. Let me give you some further context. Aaron mentioned that these two officials had been there for over 30 years and mentioned why they resigned. The politicization of the vaccination process, particularly now where we're talking about boosters. But one of those individuals that had been there for over 30 years has been in charge of the review board for vaccines at the FDA. We're not just talking here about even seasoned veterans or researchers. He was in charge of the review board for the FDA. And he's been there for 32 years. Why is that good news? Well, because if, if you're one of those hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, maybe now thousands of people that have emailed me in recent weeks, how do I get a religious exemption to this? How do I get exempted from this at my job or my kid's college or I'm the college student? I don't know. I, I kind of think entering into evidence that the, the FDA's review, head of review of vaccines for 32 years resigned because he thinks the boostering the booster process has become politicized that might bolster your shall i say that might boost your case uh. 
at least a tad. I'm sorry. I had to. No, that I, was a must. I had to. That was a must. It was lingering. It was dangling. I just kind of feel if I had not gone there, you guys might have slapped me around during the commercial break. I, I had to do it. It was like the old days of Pete Buttigieg jokes. It, you had yeah, to. Yeah, you, you it was what? a moral responsibility. You're right. And I didn't want to be the butt of my own No, you joke. did not. Yeah. So I'll stop now. Um, the University of Louisville study also notes, I read through it this morning as best as I could, um, that there's a lot of conflicting data out there about whether masks themselves work. But it said when it looked last year at places that had mask mandates and places that did not, there was no discernible difference in the transmission of the virus. In other words, all that real-time data that this show and other places, our friend Ian Miller, who's done a lot of those charts we've used over the last year and a half, all this real-time data we, we have been showing you since this madness with masks began last summer, the University of Louisville basically just said, credit, you're right. All they did was just document in this study everything we have shown you in real time. Rick Warren is out there proclaiming that if you're a Christian, you should wear a mask to love your neighbor. If you're a Christian, you should follow the Bible and not Rick Warren. And the Bible says, in fact, it commands that you don't bear false witness and that you don't worship false gods because acting as if masks works are a lie. They don't. So that's a bearing of false witness. Secondly, you are also taking part in the acknowledgement publicly of a talisman of a pseudo-religion. There is no better way to love your neighbor as you love yourself than there is to love your God, the only true living God of this universe with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, and all your strength. And from there, you can then love your neighbor as you love yourself. Follow the Bible, not Rick Warren. Because he follows the science trademark. We're just going to follow science. Western Michigan University, that precedent that was just set. I saw you over there with a recruited athlete at the moment. Uh, sit up straight, straighter in your chair when that story got mentioned. I did. All right, so Western Michigan University is attempted just to do a blanket vaccine mandate with no exceptions whatsoever. You have a federal judge that stepped in there and said, yeah, you, you can't do that. You know why you can't do that? Because most states, ironically, I believe Mississippi is one of the few that doesn't, if I remember right. But mo- which we, did, you know, we wouldn't think that would be the case. I remember it was one state in the heart of the Bible Belt that doesn't provide for this. I think it's Mississippi. Forgive my memory if it has failed me. But almost every other state in the union has some form of a religious exemption for things like this. And Western Michigan University decided that they were going to just impose this without that. Probably because they figured they'd eventually find a federal judge that would let them do it. Instead, they ran into a federal judge that did not. That is also good news. But the best news of them all Let's go, let's go back about a month or so ago when Amy Coney Barrett let us down again. 
And this was the case from Indiana University, where you had college students there with attorney Jim Bopp, formerly of the National Right to Life Committee. Uh, The Supreme Court declined to hear their appeal of Indiana's vaccine mandate for Indiana University. And all of us rightfully were disappointed in Amy Coney Barrett again. She has been a disappointment. That does not mean, let me clarify that, by the way, that does not mean she has ruled poorly on everything. She has not. She's actually ruled rightly on most things so far. The problem is, though, that we didn't think we were signing a punch and Judy hitter here, right? You know what I'm saying? Right. I mean, she's up there hitting a, she's a solid pro, hitting a solid 275, 280. You can put her in the number two hole or at the bottom. If that's the bottom of your lineup, you're probably a pennant contending team. Fair? Mm-hmm. But did, is that what we thought we were signing? No. No, we were we were signing Mickey Mantle here. We we're signing a, you know, um, uh, you're you're signing a guy that's on the, yeah. a player that's on the cover of next year's MLB The Show. All right, you, that's who you thought we were. You getting. make a really good point, Art. Even as it applies to John Roberts, yes. Like if we looked at every decision he makes, and we don't really talk about most of them, we probably agree with the maybe even vast majority of his rulings. May I mean maybe. Because, but he was supposed to be the crown yeah, jewel of the Bush administration. Exa- exactly. And it was put Chief Justice there to be the new William Rehnquist. Exactly. And he's been anything other than that. Okay? He's been a more conservative Earl Warren. That's what he's been. Amy Coney Barrett was supposed to be Roy frickin' Hobbs. Sir, learned at the foot of Antonin Scalia. That's who she was supposed to be. Instead, she's just turned out to be kind of a solid pro. The problem is, man, we need a, we need a cleanup hitter right now. Know what I'm saying? For a time such as this. Yes, she ain't an Esther. That's what we're saying. At least not so far. But one of the explanations that was given when she would not, when she unilaterally made the decision, by the way, she didn't even refer it to the full court for get to give to the Indiana student standing. One of the rationales that was given in the conservative legal community, which you know I don't always have the highest regard for, frankly, and have debated and argued numerous with new and argued with numerous times over the years, including on this show. Um, but one of the rec- one of the explanations given was that that she was afraid that if the, if if the full court got a hold of this, they would actually rule in favor of blanket vaccine mandates like this, and that and that she basically fell on she went uh, she went um, Captain America falling on the grenade there when Steve falls on the grenade there and the, you know, for his fellow Mm -hmm. soldiers on the barracks, that she fell on the sword. She fell on the grenade because if it had gone to the full court, it would have with Roberts joining the other libs and Kavanaugh, probably they would have gone for blanket vaccine mandates. Now, who knows if that's true? That could be a rationalization, but it could be true. We don't know that. Right. Right. Let's apply that same line of thinking to this. So the, the Supreme court has the Mississippi case in front of it, Right. We're waiting for its ruling either later this year or next year on the Mississippi abortion case. Yes. Now, Texas, I believe, is the 12th or 13th or 15th. It's somewhere around a dozen or more states. Ours was the first to do one of these heartbeat bills. But Texas is the first one that's actually been enacted as law. They tried to get an emergency stop on this. They could not. They went to the Supreme Court. When I say that they, I mean the baby killers. They went to the Supreme Court thinking the court would at least want to hear it and give them a stay. The court did not. Now, they could change their mind later, but for now, for now, Roe versus Wade is not in effect in the state of Texas. It is not. 
Any being that can has that has a detectable heartbeat, you cannot kill in the state of Texas. Period. That's murder. Roe versus Wade is not in effect in Texas, the state that gave the nation Texas. So let's let's grant the point that Amy Coney Barrett fell on this grenade a month and a half ago to stop the court from giving a full-fledged endorsement of blanket vaccine mandates. What signal then is being set, sent by the Supreme Court for allowing the Texas bill to become law? Pretty good one. I would tend to think that was that could potentially be a bat signal. That the very worst that will happen when the Mississippi ruling comes down either later this year or next year is that they will just revert to Texas as the precedent. They will say Mississippi is too strict and they'll go to a heartbeat kind of a bill. I think Mississippi's is even earlier. But to me, I, you don't let this take effect because you have, you have undone Roe v. Wade. You've undone it. You have undone it with this. At least in the state of Texas, Roe v. Wade does not exist. It is not any form of, impose, of, any form of imposed precedent in the, in the second largest state in the union right now. And then we can argue, does that apply to the rest of the country then? Just a quick side note: the, the, the Texas law is actually more stringent than the than, than the Mississippi. Oh, is it? Yeah. Thank you for correcting me on that. Fifteen weeks and okay. Texas is six. All right. Well, then I think that's. You know what? You're right about that. I'd forgotten. Thank you, Aaron, for that fact check. So, I don't know how to interpret that on anything other than if you didn't have four votes. So Roberts doesn't even want to hear this. So would it would it? Uh, this is interesting. I, th- this is interesting. I'm trying to process this in real time. Yeah, yeah, I don't. I don't know how to read this as anything other than a positive, and that's why I'm uh, yeah, afraid. Yes. I'm trying to analyze this another way. Believe me. Okay, I'm trying to analyze it another way, but right now I just I can't. I don't know how to read this as anything other than a positive. If you're a pro-lifer today, more in a moment. Very few good things came out of the past year. Maybe the best thing, Built Bar. The absolute greatest protein bar of all time. All right? And I know, I know. I I originally started consuming this product because a sports podcast I listened to just pimped it relentlessly. And I'm like, nothing is this good. Nothing is. Particularly something good for you cannot be this good. Okay? So, I bought a box out of spite. Now I'm a believer. All right. In fact, I am a proselytizer. All right. I am five minutes away from going full Jehovah's Witness here and just knocking on doors on a Saturday while you're watching your favorite ball team. Hey, if you died, would you be sure that you had not tried first the greatest protein bar of all time? Because that's exactly what Built Bar is, all covered in real chocolate, low in sugar, low in fat, low in carbs, high in protein, really high in taste so many outstanding flavors try it today all of them 180 calories or less even like the really decadent chocolate chip cookie dough my favorite flavor 180 calories or less you can't beat it use my last name dace as your promo code d-e-a-c-e 
Save 15% off of your order when you go to built.com, B-U-I-L-T, built.com, 15% off with the promo code DACE. Let's welcome back in one of our old friends to the program. It's good to see kind of the OG, Alex Berenson. How are you, brother? Well, you're making me hungry with those built bars. <laughs> have you tried those things? They are the truth, G. I'm telling you. I, I, I have not, but I might have to. They are the truth. I promise you. All right. All right. So let's start with Twitter. What happened there? Well, you know, uh, they had been warning me a bunch. This is all in the last month, month and a half since uh, the Pasaki uh, comment about the 12 people on social media, of which I was not one. Uh, and the Biden comment to Facebook that Facebook is, quote unquote, killing people. Um, that clearly turned up the heat on social media. And, uh, you know, and frankly, I had had an email back and forth with Twitter uh, back in March or April, at which time I had written a lot of negative things about uh, vaccines and sort of early signs of trouble with them. Um, and they'd said, go right ahead. You know, we your name. They, I think the email literally said your name has not even come up as a problem. But suddenly, uh, starting in July, they decided I was a problem. And then on Saturday, a tweet that I had sent out saying, um, you know, if you look at the fact that these don't really stop transmission and they don't stop infection and they have sort of very limited efficacy over time, um, you really should think about that more as a therapeutic than a vaccine. They slapped a misleading tag on. And in the past, when they've done that, that's led to a warning. Now, they didn't actually they still to this day have not sent me an email telling me that I've been suspended, that my account's been suspended. They simply locked me out. And if you go, and I can still see all my old tweets, but no one else can. So I am blocked from using Twitter, um, at least from this account. It's not clear to me whether or not I'm allowed to use it, you know, to set up a new account or to ghostwrite under other people's accounts. They've never said anything to me. And when I look at the terms of service, that's not clear either. But frankly, right now I have other fish to fry. I have this Substack, um, which I don't know if, you know, you're, you're part of, but you can go to alexberenson.substack.com. You can sign up for free or you can pay. And I'll be honest, the content is basically the same in both cases. And yet a shocking number of people are willing to pay right now uh, to support me about, you know, fighting to get the truth out about, about the vaccines and about COVID. And I'm considering whether I'm going to sue Twitter. Um, I, you know, one of the things I have to decide is what lawyer I would have represent me. I have a number of grounds. Um, uh, there's really sort of at least three major grounds. One is that Twitter's acting as a state actor here. They're acting on behalf of the government. That, um, you know, that's a difficult lawsuit for some reasons, but given the timing of what they did to me and what Biden said and what Pisaki said, I might have a case. Uh, there's, there's a second ground, uh, since Twitter's based in California, that even if they're not a state actor, even if they're a private operator, um, they have a First Amendment responsibility because of their importance to speech in general. And this came out about 40 years ago when somebody sued them all saying, I want to be able to protest the Vietnam War. And the California Supreme Court found that even though the mall was a private entity, because it was functioning as a town square, it had a responsibility mm. um, to allow speech. And then the third would be more sort of about me specifically, that Twitter has defamed me, yes. that, I'm a, that I'm a journalist, I'm a reporter, and by slapping this, these misleading tags on me and now saying that I'm so negative that I can't even use their service, they've done me great harm. 
And, you know, that case to do that, we'd probably be talking more about the specifics of whether what I said was true. And I'm very, very comfortable with what knowing what I said was true. So, you know, those are this is a complicated, uh, you know, it's a complicated part of the law. It's an emerging part of the law. But I'm very comfortable that I have a, um, you know, that I have a strong case. Well, speaking of defamation, by allowing the Taliban access in, in the Ayatollah access to their platform and not you, they are publicly, that, that is at least a public, an implied public declaration that you are a worse or more dangerous person to the community and the square, the town square they serve than those fiends. If that's not defamation, brother, I, I, I guess I don't know what is at that point. That's, you know, that's a great, that's a great way to think about it. I hadn't sort of thought of it specifically that way, but that's a great way to put it. And by the way, they're not just, you know, they're not just another person or even a, you know, a large media company. It's their platform. So the, yes, the label they, they have made that decision as a, as a management structure to label right. you as more dangerous than the Ayatollah and the Taliban. They they declared that. That's right. And so I think that's a pretty they should have a pretty high bar before they get there. Um, and, and, you know, and they're nowhere close to that. So so I'm going to decide what to do. Um, you know, I have I've been shocked, actually. I don't want to take money from average people for this because I think, you know, this could be expensive and it could go a long time. And, you know, my position is if you have a mortgage to pay, you have more important things to do. And there are, there are some really wealthy people out there who are willing to put, you know, reach into their pockets first. But when I've said that, and I said that publicly on a Substack a couple of days ago, I am shocked by the number of people who said to me, I don't care that I have a mortgage to pay. Let me be part of this. Mm. I want to stand with you. And that's really striking to me. Good stuff. So let's get to the data. What does it say? Where are we right now on September the 1st? Um, so in terms of vaccine efficacy, we're not at a very good place. Uh, you know, Israel now has had the boosters out for a month. Um, they still have a tremendous number of cases. I believe they had more cases. Now cases is positive test. Positive test does not mean hospitalizations or deaths. Nonetheless, they had more cases than ever before, uh, I believe, yesterday. That's, again, after a month of the third dose. Um, Scotland, which is incredibly heavily vaccinated, is also setting case records. So what you're seeing is that the vaccines just cannot stop infection or transmission. Um, you know, what's left for people who support heavy vaccine use is, well, we think that they stop deaths and severe cases. And I would say, you know, the, the evidence is is getting weaker on that. There, there certainly a couple of months ago that was a stronger case than it is now. Um, and and the question is whether or not that sort of rump of protection, you know, assuming that it was there, will remain in some form. Uh, and there's reasons to be concerned about that too. In that, it, it, there's some evidence. There was a very good paper out of Japan about ten days ago showing that the vaccines appear to be mutating or the, 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 the virus mm -hmm. seemed to be mutating away from the vaccines. And this is sort of a known risk that when you vaccinate a lot of people with a vaccine that's not going to stop infection or transmission, uh, the virus is going to move away from that. So if you look at the broadest possible picture, Steve, we're in our fourth wave now. OK, and it's the summer. And, you know, certainly I think the public health community is predicting a fifth wave this is sort of unprecedented, right? If you look at the Spanish flu, if you look at the Hong Kong flu, there were a couple waves and then most people either developed immunity or the virus essentially mutated in a way that made it less dangerous, 
maybe, you know, maybe transmissible, but not very dangerous. And we just learned to live with it. For whatever reason, with this coronavirus, that is not happening. We are getting people back in the hospital again, 18 months after this started. Um, and, you know, the public health community wants to blame the unvaccinated. But if you look worldwide, the countries that are where this is happening the most have the most vaccinated people. And so, um, you know, I, I think I think in a normal environment, when you look at the totality of the data, we would pull back and say, you know, let's think about what it is we're doing here. Let's think about what the contrarian case is. Um, you know, the case that I and, you know, and, and very eminent, some very eminent immunologists and virologists have been making too. And let's see if really, you know, continuing to push vaccinations and boosters makes sense. Unfortunately, the political pressure is so over the top that we're, we're not doing that at all. Hence, we had two high-ranking members, one of them who oversaw the review program on vaccines for the FDA, resign uh, in protest yesterday after serving that organization for over 30 years. Do um, you... Go ahead. So I, I will say, they resigned. We don't know yet publicly why. I mean, certainly my strong suspicion is that what you said is correct. And I think you can make a case that they said, you know what, we'll get this, we'll get this sort of cumbersome... Uh, approval through. And if you read what they did, it's very complicated. It doesn't really make much sense. And then the Biden administration came to them and said, you know what, we want boosters and we want vaccines for kids. And those people said, no way, it's too much. I can't live with this. But we don't know. Just to be clear, we don't know yet. Do you believe we have a leaky vaccine? Oh, I, 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 we have a leaky vaccine in the sense that it doesn't stop infection or transmission. If the if your question is, are we going to have a Marek's disease scenario? Mm -hmm. I, I think that's that's sort of an immunological question that I don't feel qualified to answer. To me, people like you and I, frankly, should probably not be as involved in this debate as we are. But because it's not our area of expertise. But the problem is there's the policy aspect of this, okay? That ultimately, whether we do or do not have a leaky vaccine, what, you mentioned the Japanese study, which warned about ADE and things of that nature, uh, whether or not that occurs, and even the FDA said uh, in their authorization of the Pfizer vaccine, they would have to look at that more long-term uh, before ruling it out. Those are all things that people a lot more qualified and technical about this than people like you and I should be left on their own to adjudicate. The problem is, that from a policy standpoint, we want to impose this on masses of the population before those questions are adjudicated. And that has now left it to people like you and me who report on and comment on and and cover matters of public policy to delve into areas that typically we would kind of just leave to, frankly, the experts to you know figure that thing out because that's more in their realm. And now when you're telling me and you and all the data shows that you are right, that from a transmission standpoint, Rochelle Walensky said this herself on CNN on all. August the 5th, okay? She said on national television that these no longer are, are effective mitigators in mass against transmission. Well, if it's now not a question, if, if I'm not vaccinated, I, the, the odds of me infecting you are, real, are, are doesn't make a difference whether I am or not. 
okay? Then why is this public policy debate existing at all then? Because then it purely is a matter of personal choice. Which risk are you more willing to risk? Even an asymptomatic exposure to a virus of unknown or malicious origin or the risk of, in, of injections and repeated injections from vaccines that we don't know the long-term side effects for. We're all going to take a risk, Alex. None of us are avoiding a risk in this environment. So if, if they don't mitigate transmission, why is it all that we all have to take this just one type of risk then? I don't understand. Uh, no, I, I think you're exactly correct, and you've summed it up well. There's the issue of the science of how well the vaccines work, and there's the issue of the politics of vaccine mandates or quasi-mandates. And, you know, I use this term for the first time on my Substack today. There is vaccine apartheid happening, okay? When you're not allowed to go into a hospital to see, you know, a sick relative unless you're vaccinated, uh, you know, that's vaccine apartheid. When your company says to you, you need to be vaccinated or you're losing your job, even if you work remotely, that's vaccine apartheid. Uh, you know, when, when you have to have a, a test every three days if you're not vaccinated, but no test if you are, um, even though, again, the, the risk of transmission is the same for both people, that's vaccine apartheid. And it is wrong. And, you know, the, I think that the, the reason I wrote about this was actually because I, my mom, who is you know very pro Fauci, very pro public health establishment? She she said to me out of the blue. She mentioned this case in Illinois of the woman who you know temporarily lost access mm -hmm. to her son when the judge said you're not vaccinated, and that struck her. You know she knew as much as she likes you know uh, Anthony Fauci and watching MSNBC. She knew in her heart that wasn't right, and I think a lot of people are starting, I hope a lot of people are starting to see the course that we're going down is a dangerous course. The fact is, Steve, if the vaccines worked half as well as the public health establishment pretended, we wouldn't be having this fight because 98% of people would happily be vaccinated. Mm -hmm. Okay, look at the data around childhood vaccines. Most people get their kids vaccinated with most normal vaccines. They're happy to. The reason we have this fight is because the vaccines don't work very well. And instead of admitting it and admitting just what you said, that this is a matter of personal choice and should be, I can fly or I can drive, I can, or I can ride a motorcycle. Those are things I can do as an American. And I don't have to answer to anybody. And if I get in an accident and get hurt, I'm gonna get medical care for that choice. So that's what this should be. But because these people can't admit that they've overpromised and underdelivered here, they are forcing this on us, and it is wrong. Well said, my friend. Hey, one more time. What's that substack for people to stay in touch with you? Sure. It's alexberenson.substack.com. Um, and as I said, you can sign up for free or you can pay. I'm happy either way. Let's just get the word out. Thank you, man. Uh, keep Thanks, uh, keep going. Appreciate it. All, All right. right. Take so, care. Bye. All right. Any quick thoughts there, Aaron? Todd? That's why it's worth uh fighting and working with his schedule to get him on i pound for pound no one's voice has been more important for just getting over the target and staying there and fighting for the truth whatever it is uh that alex he's been such an important wingman for this show because we obviously don't come from the same ideological places on many things but here we are fighting for this I'll, I'll always be grateful. And the fact that now he's been canceled means he's yeah. probably more over the target than ever before. Yeah, we we, we failed to see um, forest through the trees in some ways. I mean, it is, it is dark out there right now. There are a number of ways in which 
the future, our children's future, and this country's future are on the brink right now. But then we have days like today where we hear about some of the things that we talked about in the first segment, Steve, and then we talk about Alex Berenson and what could happen with his suspension and, and pursuing legal action. Guys, we are so close. This is not necessarily blowing up the uh, thermal exhaust port, but in so many ways, we are this close from reversing a lot of the bad trends that we've seen over the last year. And it's good to remind ourselves of that every now and again. Amen. Buy, sell, or hold is next. We're back for hour two here on Blaze TV radio and podcast. Steve Dace here with Totters and Aaron McIntyre. Let us know what you think about what we think via the SteveDace.com inbox. You can email the program Steve at SteveDace.com, D-E-A-C-E. Uh, go to Facebook. Uh, look me up there on Facebook and I will lie to you. Uh, with Facebook approved takes, I will provide you uh, the narrative that uh, Facebook fake checkers pre- uh, prefer. Uh, so I lied to you on Facebook. Just want to let you know that up front. It's okay if I tell them up front I'm lying to them, right? I'm lying to you. Uh, but if you want to know what I truly think, uh, go to uh, Twitter, at Steve Day Show, or look for me on MeWe Parlor, Gab, and Getter, or look for clips of me telling you what I really think on rumble.com slash Steve Dace Show. And again, that is D-E-A-C-E. For those of you that love the podcast, thank you. You're one of the biggest uh, pieces of the puzzle around here. You're a huge part uh, of the success that this show is experiencing. Thank you. Please leave us a five-star review and hit the subscribe button or the follow button, as the case may be, on your podcast platform of choice. Thanks to all of you that have done those things for us previously. We appreciate each and every one of you. All right. Let's get to one of our favorite segments brought to you by our friends over at Rough Greens. You know, we've been talking about them for quite a while now. I listened to Cap, my dog, eat his food that I uh, sprinkled uh, Rough Greens in with this morning. I got to thinking I should grab my phone and record this. Just let you guys hear. I mean, the dog is inhaling this, okay? In fact, I wondered, is he okay? All right? Now. You may not be as sold that your pet will love the supplement for dogs. And why do they need one? Because a lot of the vitamins, minerals, and nutrients. You don't want me to record that sound, by the way, and play it on the show? Oh, I just thought you nailed it, so we didn't need a oh, recording. Okay. I asked and answered, Your Honor. I hear you. Okay. So you may be wondering, why, do, why does my dog need a supplement? Well, same reason you and I do. Uh, the vitamins, minerals, nutrients, pre-probiotics. A lot of that is stripped out of our food at the factory these days uh, for mass distribution. And the same thing happens to our pets. We have so many supplements we're taking to put that stuff back in into our bodies. Now your pet has one too, and it's called Rough Greens, but they may not, they may not go like that. Uh, they, they may not like it. I might do that a little too good now that I think about it. Don't you know how George Costanza was a hand model? You might be a, a dog eating sound model. I'm just pitching ideas. Like I said, I ride the coattails. Get thee to a Foley stage. Yes, we all got to make a buck. We all have our God-given gifts and talents, I suppose. Uh, But um, if you want to see if your dog likes it, and we'll make those sounds, I will never make again. All right. Uh, Go to roughgreens.com. We'll give you that first 14-day Jumpstart bag for free. We do ask you to pay for the shipping. Why? Well, it's not like if we're giving you the bag for free, we couldn't chip in another couple bucks for the shipping at that point, right? Okay. But here's the thing. When when somebody sends you something for free most of the time, what do you end up doing with it? Don't value it. Yeah. It's the Peloton effect. People don't realize they first put those things out like really affordable. 
Like nobody bought one. They're like, you know what, man? People need to know this is a premium product. So let's charge you the gross domestic product of Botswana for one of these things. And sure enough, they can't keep them in stores anymore. All right. So it, the, we, we have you pay for the shipping so that you'll have some skin in the game. All right. But we're paying the majority of the cost here by giving you the bag for free at roughgreens.com. See if you don't see a difference in your pet in two weeks or less. Roughgreens.com or give them a call at 833-ROUGH-DOG. Let's get to it. Buy, seller, hold. Aaron, with a lot of help from his friends in the audience. We'll present to Todd and I a series of questions and predictions, etc. Todd, you and I will decide. No topic is off limits, of course. You and I will decide. Are we buying that? Are we selling that? Once per episode, we are permitted a hold. But if it's for any reason other than, wow, is that lame? You have to get to the bottom of Sean Hannity's Lindsey Graham fetish. No. No? No. No. All right. We will begin with Aaron Riali, who says, Since we are to love others as we love ourselves, and we love ourselves enough to be maskless, it's only fitting that we shame mask holes into loving themselves enough to unmask. Love. The name of the, the segment is Buy, Sell, or Hold. How about love? Yeah. Buy, Sell, Hold, or Love. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm making hearts to you. Uh, I love this. This is, this is like three of my Ten Commandments of Political Warfare in one tweet. I, I adore thee. Uh, I love this. I love this. So uh, definite buy uh, many times over. Aaron, all your terrible Star Wars takes are forgiven. Next well, up. you just got the nomen yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. the dude, the, now yeah. you know. Yep. You've been absolved, brother. I mean, now you know that that was a solid take. I love it. All right. Next up, Sci-Fi Dave says, top five 80s movie endings. Number five, The Thing. Is he or isn't he? In the whole 1980s? I, you know what? The Thing was in the 80s? Yeah, like 1982. Yeah. Well, I don't remember You know, it. though, a lot of people do, uh, I mean, that, that movie is beloved. I've not seen it in a long time, but its ending is beloved. So, okay. I'm, I'm, okay. I'm okay with it. You know? I'm not, like, offended like you're crazy. So. I got a cell... Because I'm honestly not even... It is beloved. I'm not even aware of it. It is a beloved horror movie of the 80s. Yes. No, but the ending you said was beloved. Yes. Like it, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to spoil it for you because you should see it. It's, it's, you've, you, it, you know what? I'm not going to even hint. Okay. You need to see it. Yeah. Number four. There's Rock- a little M. Night Shyamalan thing going on there okay. at the end. Okay. Yeah. Number four, Rocky Four. Rocky beats the Russian. Oh, yeah. That's If just- eyes can change. Yes. And you can change. Yes. <laughs> okay. I, um, single tier. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Yep. Yeah. I'll, I'll go with Gotta it. Be. Yeah. Yeah. Are you Num- American or not? Yeah. Number three, <laughs> Return of the Jedi, end of a classic trilogy. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it has I, to be on there somewhere. Right? I still remember the visceral feeling of being the kid walking out of that movie and like the, uh, the world was made right. You know, for all the, you know... I hear the, you. The crap that movie got about, like, I mean, how old were in in eighty five? I I'm, was ten when the movie came out in eighty three. In eighty three, excuse yeah. me. Yeah, so yeah, I'm maybe eleven at that point, but yeah, I mean, it was perfect. And the Ewoks at that age, yeah, I mean, they weren't a problem for us. I mean, I know it probably would have been cooler if they were all um, Wookies, which they were intentionally mm-hmm. when they were intended to be. But it was a it was a blast. Yeah, a Star Wars movie has to be on the list, yeah. so I'm okay with it. Yeah. Number two, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Rooney and the uh, Rooney on the bus. Mm, that's overselling it a little bit. It's it's a it, it's a good ending and it may be a perfect ending, but it's yeah. this is too 
That's too much. That's like that's like saying like the after credit scenes are really It's one of the first movies that had an after credit yeah. scene. And the actually. after credit yeah. scenes in Avengers are you know, they're they're really cool, but how many of them would you say would be like the coolest ending of a movie? I mean the ending of the Avengers movie are the cool endings of the movie. Yeah. It's not the, Yeah. Yeah. So I'll, I gotta sell. I'll, I'll, again, I'm okay with it. I'll buy. Wouldn't be on my list, but I'll buy. I'm okay with it. And number one, real genius popcorn house. Oh, this is one of the truly underrated. My wife movies of all time loves this movie. This is a fantastic movie. Van Val Kilmer deserved an Oscar for this movie. <laughs> I watched this movie so many times. Oh, when he's talking to God, Kent. <laughs> uh, uh, here's the thing the greatest movie ending of the 1980s is not on this list of course it isn't it's not this better be good here. okay what are you gonna do ship out of danger please don't grieve okay. admiral yep i'll allow it okay scotty plays the friggin bagpipes yep. and it's amazing grace are you kidding me and then at the end at the very end, they do um, uh, boldly go where no one has gone, where no man has gone before. But it's oh, Nimoy's you voice. Oh, you're talking about Star this Trek. This is so I didn't weird know. because you could see the list the whole time. You saw all five, but you were so nice, like I'll accept this. And now yeah. you're finally coming full days. Like, yes. how dare you? Yes, yes. You, I mean that that is the it, it, it is it is one of the greatest movie endings of all time. But it is absolutely the greatest movie ending of the 80s. And I'll give you another one that's not on your list, man. Okay. Now you got to start. All right. There's another one that needs to be on your list, too. And you want to talk about not quite Return of the Jedi level, walking out of there thinking, though, the world's been made right. In Superman 2, when he goes into the chamber. Yep. And, um, and, and, and supposedly gives up his powers again, yep. right? Oh, I know. And ends up tricking him. And Zod says, and now, finally, the son of Jor-El, kneel before oh, yeah. Zod. I remember that. And he puts too, out man. his hand, and he starts to crush it, and the William yeah. score oh. kicks in. Yes. Dude, don't even tell me, like, right now. Don't even tell me, like, right now, you're about like to do try at least, like, one chin up right now, just thinking about that scene. I know. Okay? Marco so, Kiddo, Kidder jacks the other. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. You're a real pain in the neck. Yep. I know all of this, man, by heart. So, but but Star Trek II: The Wrath of Khan is the greatest film ending of the 1980s, and it is an ab. It's more than a faux pas. In fact, you, you we you may be first assigned to get to the bottom of Sean Hannity's Lindsey Graham fetish for omitting it. That's how strongly I feel about it. Man, that 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 boomerang. Yeah, tell the pit of hell man, I said he, hello. That guy was <laughs> all right. Had a, Taste likes my list. Bringing my step got all the way to the end, and then the hammer yeah. came yes, down. Yes, it did. Mercilessly, yes. Moving on, Jihad Joe Taliban Hero says, at the rate he's going, Bill Maher will speak at CPAC before oh. Steve does. Oh, it, Dude, I'd book him at CPAC yeah. before me. He's better at this than me. I mean, the guy's a multimillionaire comedian, movie star, uh, with a TV show that 10 million people watch on HBO, of all places. Bill Maher okay? is important for the exact same reason Alex Berenson is important. Yes. He's not one of us. Yes, but he fundamentally gets something here's about why, here, here's why the, what's here, going on. Let's quantify why that's important, okay? Um, if, if, we were, if we were leading an evangelistic mission, let me rephrase that. If we were leading a, 
a purely evangelistic mission like the church in Acts. We would actually not be looking to work with people who don't agree with us, correct? In fact, we'd be worried about being infiltrated by people that don't agree with us. We'd be vetting people very yes. closely who agrees with us. I think what Paul, they made Paul wait for like three years to prove himself before he was actually like brought into like the, you know, an official leadership position, right? Yep. Okay. So you're constantly, and, and I've read stuff about the early church, how seriously it took discipleship. And one of the reasons why was to protect itself externally mm -hmm. from external threats. And I mean, it wasn't just you came and said a sinner's prayer once and uh, you're a member in good standing. Like, it wasn't like that, okay? Like, anybody could come, but, like, join was different, okay? They really, people were really vetted. Not to mention, the can't remember their names in the the story in the early church of the, uh, the, uh, the two who withheld part of their donation. Oh, Aquila and, and Priscilla. Yeah, that did not go well. That did not go well. No, it did not. So there you go. Now, we're talking about what is a primarily political endeavor in this case. Now, for those of us that are believers, we take that priesthood with us wherever we go into any situation, okay? Whether it's the city of man or the city of God, we take, we're, we are ambassadors for our, for our Lord. We take that with us wherever we go, okay? Fair? Yeah. But, but while that responsibility goes with us wherever we go, it is directed and it is directed and applied differently depending on the circumstances. Okay. Yeah. Since we are living in the in, in, in this realm here in a primarily public policy, culturally influential, influential polit for the for the purposes of political outcome process, there aren't enough of us. To, to just say, we'll, we'll handle this on our own. We, there aren't enough of us to grab the Infinity Gauntlet, Thanos style at the end of Age of Ultron, slap it on and say, we'll just do this ourselves. We just can't call the huddled masses out of the, the silent majority out of the pews and just say, we, we'll just leave Bill Maher to do whatever decadent thing he's doing on HBO. We, we, we'll, we, we are in charge here. There's not. Therefore, we need a, another layer of membrane here, another layer of skin, another layer of insulation on a house. And what we need to, and, and because of, and by the way, if that layer doesn't exist, then what happens is you get into that zero sum game we're all afraid of, where there's only two impulses, us and them. And they're coming after us. And eventually we feel like we got to defend ourselves from them, right? Mm -hmm. Here we go. How do we avoid that? Is there, a, is there a middle layer of people who still believe in some form of objective truth, even if they have different, different, ideas of how to respond to it, but that some things are objectively true. Do those people, does that, does that level of citizenship still exist in America? Frankly, it might be the only thing that, that stops us from devolving into 1860 to Fort Sumter all over again. And that's why when we've come upon people like Naomi Wolf or Bill Maher now, as I said yesterday, Bill Maher is doing this show just bookended by um, check the box shots at Donald Trump and conservatives so he maintains his street cred. But then what he says in the middle of those things sounds a lot like this program, right? Okay. I, I think it's important for Alex Berenson's and Bill Maher's and Naomi Wilson. Not all these people are the same, by the way. But they're um, not us. But they're not us either. And it, so it's important to find people who truly want to live in a fact-based free society. Because finding that next layer of people may be what, what stops this from devolving into uh, Lord of the Flies at this point. Mm -hmm.
Next up, we'll go to Joel Underwood, who says, We are under divine judgment, which makes 2022 and 2024 irrelevant. We need wholesale national repentance before God, or the decay will continue until the country is a shell of itself. Well, the, the second part is definitely true. The first part, you can't, you know, not the day or the hour. You can't be certain. Yeah, I, I think, I, I would say, which makes them less relevant. Yeah, I, I oh, would, yeah, I yeah, would yeah. agree with that. Yeah, I don't, I mean... If you get, if if Republicans under Kevin McCarthy end up with a 30 or 40 seat majority next year, I don't know that it changes this show that much, frankly, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I, I agree because the issues that we're dealing with here are now so spiritually foundational that just your typical R versus D tribalism talking point, my, my party, you're, we're beyond, we're so beyond that now, Okay. So I certainly think they are less relevant. But right now, go tell somebody who lives in Florida right now that the 2022 election is irrelevant. How about right here in Iowa? Go tell somebody who lives in Kim Reynolds' Iowa that the 2022 election is irrelevant. Which, if you'll remember, is the yeah. reason why I turned around and yeah. decided to vote for Trump in the first place, because of the very yes. point you're making. Yes. They're, they're not, that, that's going too far. They are certainly less relevant. And I would, even, I would even say, and I've said this in the past, our obsessive fixation on politics, and I say this as someone who, this is probably the thing I'm the best at in the world, is that fair? Yeah. Uh, it's probably what I'm the best at in the world, Okay. And I enjoy it on top of it. It's, 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 it, 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 politics scratches all my itches. Competition, theology, philosophy, strategy, all the things that I'm the most interested in, politics touches, touch, as, Dick, as Dick Enberg used to say, touches them all, okay? It's basically coaching football. Yeah, in, in some respects it is, okay? But even I have said so many times on this show over the years in various iterations and forms, our obsessiveness with this process has lost us our cultural focus and and spiritual mission and now we're in some of these issue these ditches because of that but i would not even as cynical as i am about the process most of the time i would never go so far at least not right now anyway of saying it's irrelevant and if you live in a place if you live in a place like hey we, we yesterday it came out that we're members of Abbott's administration uh, that were posing pro tranny information on a government website. And they had to scrub it, and a bunch when a bunch of people made made news out of it. Okay, I don't think Greg Abbott has been a great governor of Texas. I'm totally fine if he gets replaced in a primary by Chad Prather or Alan West. Okay, or anybody else that's would be better. But to say that electing him was irrelevant on the day that we're sitting here pointing out that a law came out of Texas that has nullified Roe v. Wade, mm-hmm. who signed that thing into law? Right. He did. Would Wendy Davis have signed that into law? No. No. So have we been, have, have we, particularly as believers, been way far more fixated on political outcomes than spiritual foundations for the last decade or two or three? I don't think there's any question about that, and we're reaping that whirlwind mm-hmm. right now. Fair? Yes. But to then go so far as to say the process in and of itself is irrelevant, I, I just can't get there. And I'm about as cynical as you're going to find with a, on, in any platform of magnitude in our industry, and I can't even get there on that. So I'm going to sell. 
Next, we will go to Joseph Deere. If California Governor Gavin Newsom survives recall, there will be substantial statewide COVID restrictions put back in place by the end of September. He says substantial means a statewide mask mandate for all indoor public spaces. Bye. Well, hey, look, it's a wasp. Um, uh, I will buy. Uh, I agree uh, wholeheartedly with that. Um, Whatever they can impose in order to avoid having to do another blanket lockdown that uh, wrecks the state economy whole cloth, I agree with you, they will do. Um, And he will take it as a referendum and a get-out-of-jail-free card and will act accordingly. So, wow, did you get that thing in midair? That was one hell of a shot, bro. I saw that one. He was shooting in our direction, too. I don't even... if If he just went a couple more degrees, I think I would have gotten some shrapnel from that one. I wonder what the audience thinks about this. Oh, how many times? They're is, all in. We're going to have to spray in here for a third time. The landlord is. And now it's coming my way. So that's cool. Todd, your thoughts on what Gavin Newsom will do. I'm a, I'm a hard buy. I, I, I oh. think he'll do whatever he can do short of lockdowns oh. that shut down the state economy. Well, speaking of, remember that story? Since we have wasps flying in the air at some point during COVID, there was like murder hornets that came that, yes. that news cycle. Yeah, yeah, he's gonna he's gonna murder hornet the play. I mean, why wouldn't he? He will be validated. What he will not have yes, that's exactly what happens with progressives on all issues. When they go too far, they learn their lesson. No, that, that that never happens. He's never gonna learn his lesson. California is going to be um Australia. Here it comes. Oh, I think, yep, there we go. That thing fluttered down. Got it just before it was flying over here, too. We have this has to stop. Okay. It's 2000 freaking 21. Now I have I have been I have been fairly reasonable about this for the last couple of summers, correct? I'm about to get very unreasonable. This hat this this poop has to end once and freaking freaking for all. Okay? Has to stop. I don't think it's this going is ridiculous. To. There's another one. This is freaking ridiculous. This is just ridiculous. You know, like the uh, the virus is gonna virus, wasp is gonna wasp, man. Is Whitlock is, is Whitlock dodging wasp in the new studio they just built for him in Nashville? We don't know. We do not know. Certainly not live on the air anyway. Yes, yes. Yeah, I need another buy-seller hold, please. Uh, next one. Unmasked in Florida says, time travel is impossible. Uh, I'll buy. I'm kind of like that with uh, aliens. Uh, but yeah, I think, I'll, I think I'll buy. Speaking of which, on a friend's recommendation, I went and got a seven-day free trial to Showtime to watch... The J.J. Abrams four-part docu-series on the UFO phenomenon. Mm. It is very well done. And it takes every, it looks at it from every conceivable position, from a spiritual position. Are these spiritual entities? Is it government tech? Is it extraterrestrial? It, it very, is very similar, just with a lot higher production value, to the conversations we have had about this on this show over the last year or two, since the topic oh. has become preeminent. I would highly recommend it. I'm going to discuss it for a future 
um, a future uh, uh, Pop Culture Tuesday, not next week, but maybe the week after. But if you guys have Showtime or know anybody who has access to it, just get the seven-day free trial and watch it and then just cancel. That's what I did. Um, I would highly recommend it. It's it's very well done. Did it come to its own conclusions? No. No? No. Hmm. It doesn't. It leaves it open for you to interpret what you think. alter your thinking in any way fundamentally not just a little tweak here and there but where you are at did it push you in any you either embracing let's, let's, it let's save that for when we discuss it well All just right? okay well you don't no. go don't, you don't have to give it to me specifically but did it yes or no i think it further cemented what i think okay. maybe is the best way i would put it okay as to this proposition i'm gonna say no it's not impossible uh, i will sell I, I will, I'm going to j- jump in on this one. I will buy. That time travel is impossible? T- tra- time is not a real thing, guys. It's just like, it's a measurement of motion through space. A measurement of motion through space. It would require an infinite amount of energy in order to re, uh, in, in order to, to actually time travel, which is not possible outside of, you know, the only infinite being in our universe. So if, unless you're God, I, I don't think time travel is possible. Uh, up next, Chris Nelson says the U.S. will be back in Afghanistan within 24 months. Sell. This, oh, admi- ah. this administration is, is, is going to do, and soon everybody, their media will help them, do everything they possibly can here to never say the word Afghanistan ever again. Sell. I will sell if being back means like we just were. But I would, I would buy that we will you know is, is if we just decide to do what you supported donald trump is doing is like if you mess with us again we're gonna nuke you we're gonna bomb you mm-hmm. we're gonna you know I, I, i'll buy on that front that we may have do something i mean we left how many americans back there you know we we may simply be forced to do something Moving on, we'll go next to Ben Chambers, who says Steve will buy all the pumpkin spice Bud Light seltzers and claim it's not a dude code violation. Sell, so I won't buy them all. <laughs> Still a dude code violation. I will buy are some. Seltzers, are spiked seltzers a dude code violation? Because I tend to think they are, but I enjoy them nonetheless. See, I don't. I, I, here's the thing: I I never really developed a huge taste for beer. Now, when we were growing up, it was pretty much just what you got in the store. There weren't craft beers. Samuel Adams was considered like, ooh, yes. edgy, okay? So with all the craft beers and everything else they have now, I probably would love it. But I kind of missed my beer drinking window. Um, so I drank like seltzers and hard ciders and wine coolers with the chicks. That's what I did. And that had fringe ben- and that actually had what is- fringe benefits that went along with that. What so- is a wine cooler? Now you are young. Yes, he is. Yes. Was that okay. like an 80s thing like, or something? Yeah, Bruce, yes, it was, it's a very 80s thing. Oh, okay. Bruce yeah. Willis sang songs about it. Yes. Uh, on commercials. Bartles and James. Yes. Yes. One of the great ad campaigns yes. of our childhood. Bruce Willis sang. Yeah, he's, he's a pretty good singer. He had like a yeah. top 10 yeah. so- single. Yeah. I didn't realize Don that. Johnson had a single. Yeah, well, Eddie Murphy's went yeah. number one. Uh, I know. Party all the time. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. Uh, next up, Bobby Angelo says, Spider-Man, this is a bold take, by the way, Spider-Man No Way Home will not only be the best Spider-Man movie, but also the best Marvel movie to, to date. I have to sell on that. I, I, I think it could be a phenomenal film, but what was done with, with Endgame is a Return of the King level 
culmination event. Okay. And, and just all the emotion and everything that went into that and then to pay it off as they did, you're, you're, I think you're, you're giving, you're putting an impossible standard on this film. Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah. So I just, this, this just doesn't have the emotional energy and everything built into it. Um, it, it just, it, it, and it's impossible for it to. So I, I just think you're asking too much of the movie and will sell. And that being said, I have very high hopes for it and think it will be tremendous. Uh, I pretty much have the same answer as Steve, but I, I, I do understand why you'd go there because this, there's a lot of potential I think even if you didn't aspire to that level of greatness on the first part, I I think there's just a lot of potential for me this to be the greatest of the three Spider-Man films, and those are two really really good films. Um, but then it 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 could do that without having huge scene setting for the everything that comes forward aspirations. But I think it could also. I mean, really, we we kept seeing thinking we were going to see things like that in the um the HBO or not the the Disney Plus mm-hmm. and we really haven't uh Steve thinks we saw more of it than some of us but he's right there is definitely more in the last one the um at the end of um forgive me um which one are we talking about the uh the no, last wait, Loki. Loki Loki thank you yeah. there's definitely more of that but if they really go big universe establishing i mean it it could be amongst there easily in the top 5 ever they should feel fortunate if it's better than the best of the best Spider-Man film that has been made yet, which is uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. If it's better than that, because that that's a masterpiece of animation. That that's one of the best animated films I think that's been made. Period. Ever is Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse won an Academy Award. So try to beat that before we start talking about trying to beat Endgame. Fair. We'll talk to the weekly prophet of woe and lamentation himself next. So are you prepared for the next time? It could never happen here. Happens here. Yeah, it it could never happen here. Toilet paper couldn't happen here. It did. I mean, we've got all forms of supply chain issues going on in the country right now. Can never happen here. I guess you, I guess it's weird. I guess you can't just put, you know, a $6 trillion economy on pause like a VCR tape and hit play and pick right back up where you left off. I guess it doesn't work that way, huh? All right. Who knows? Maybe the next time it doesn't, uh, it, it, it happens here that it couldn't happen here. It's food. Be prepared. We're their friends at My Patriot Supply right now. If you act now, you can save 50 bucks on a four-week emergency food supply from My Patriot Supply, specially packaged to stay fresh for up to 25 years in proper storage that you'll be eating while everybody else is struggling or standing in lines. Uh, the Handy Kit gives you breakfast, lunch, dinner, drinks, even snacks. 2,000-plus calories per day. You won't go hungry. And again, it comes delivered discreetly. They don't show up in the Doom Prepper van. It'll come discreetly delivered to you so that you know You've got the peace of mind of being prepared. Get it right now with the $50 off discount when you go to preparewithdace.com. That's D-E-I-C-D-E-A-C-E. Forgot to spell my name there for a second. Preparewithdace.com. Again, that's preparewithdace.com. Let's bring in the weekly prophet of woe and lamentation. It's our friend Daniel Horowitz. Good to see you again, brother. How are you? Well, Steve, get prepared for Jeremiah 2.0. We're going to add another book to the Bible here. 
Wow. I mean, okay. Let's, um, I want to, I want to share with you a series of tweets I went through with the audience yesterday very quickly. And I want your take on them. Okay. You ready? All right. Some data. Last five weeks, cases in the UK have risen 26% while deaths have risen 48%. However, the overall case fatality rate in the UK is down to 0.3% during this time when the average CFR in the UK throughout the pandemic has been 1.9%. Almost 80% of the UK over 16 is fully vaccinated. Let's look next at Israel. Cases have risen there 307% in the last five weeks. Deaths have gone up 668%. However, the CFR in the country during this time is down to 0.2% when it's been 0.6% since the start of the pandemic. 80% of everyone over 16 is vaccinated in Israel as well. Then we have the United States. Over the last five weeks, cases have risen here by 72%. Deaths have climbed by 173%. However, our CFR has dropped to 0.6% during this time period when it's been 1.6% since the start of the pandemic, about 62% of all adults in the U.S. are fully vaccinated. And then finally, Sweden. Over the last five weeks, cases in Sweden have risen 67%, while deaths have grown weekly on an, from an average of three to four. Not percent, total. That's the whole number, three or four. The case fatality rate in Sweden is down to 0.8% in this time period. It's been 1.3% during the pandemic. Sweden is currently doing an aggressive vaccination push. They've gone from 39% to 55% vaccinated in the last two months. So we have hard lockdown countries in the UK and Israel, moderately lockdown country in the US compared to them, and a no lockdown country like Sweden. Why is Sweden's stat profile so much different than the other three, Daniel? Because you see Sweden achieved basic, you know, close to de facto herd immunity before the Pfizer variant. And they were lucky enough to escape the genocide that is being foisted upon countries like Israel and the United States. So, you know what? Natural immunity so far is holding up even against the Pfizer variant, although we'll see what happens. So they should be pretty good. You know, it could percolate a little bit here and there. Sweden is what all of us expected from everywhere post January, February, March. We're like, it's not over, but the critical run on the hospitals is likely going to be over. I said that myself. Nobody could have looked us in, a, in, in the eye with a straight face and said that Israel, after having virtually every adult vaccinated and 25% third shot, by the way, will have more cases than they've ever had before and the most cases per capita of any country in the world as of this week. Um, no one would have looked at the United States and said, I mean, Steve, I don't know what CFRs and, and these things are kind of delayed because more and more sure. deaths are even more delayed. But I will tell you the hospitalization number in the United States when it's just kind of a, a half a country, the um, winter spread is usually ubiquitous, but a little bit more in the north. Um, this is half the country. And it, the peak of hospitalizations is almost where the peak was in the worst part of the pandemic in the winter, okay? And this is September 1st. And even in the lowest vaccinated states, a ton of adults are vaccinated. And then certainly more people have built up natural immunity than a year ago. What gives? No one is answering that. Um, if you look at the death curve in states like Florida and 
Arkansas and Oregon, anywhere in the South, it's boom, straight up, worse than it's ever been. You look at the UK, they have a lot of cases, but the death curve is kind of flat. And my hypothesis is this. We don't need to speculate about a leaky vaccine. Our government has now said that especially the Pfizer vaccine, and that's very important when you're talking about geography, U.S., Israel, having it worse than anywhere else, uh, very much Pfizer. In Israel, it's all Pfizer. That is the leakiest of all vaccines. Incidentally, it's the first one that's getting full approval, first one to get kids roped in, and the first one to get approved for a third shot. Wouldn't you have the more successful one, like Moderna, which according to the Mayo Clinic is still holding in the 70s um, in terms of efficacy? Kind of interesting. But we know the history from Merrick's disease. That's when you had a failed vaccine in chickens, and it was leaky. Now, you'd say, the leaky, all right, no, no runs, no hits, no errors. We thought it would work. It wore off, didn't work. Doesn't work that way. See, when the antibodies are strong enough to bind but not strong enough to block, what that does is it creates a reverse microevolutionary process where the virus could, could, could uh, have its cake and eat it too. Typically, you don't have Ebola spreading to millions of people and killing everyone because if you get really sick, you stay home, you can't go around and, uh, and, and spread it. But what if you have a prophylaxis that temporarily helps you and it's able to replicate and replicate and replicate? And some studies now show from Singapore, for example, 250 times the viral load than before. 250 times the viral load. Well, that's a bioweapon. That's unnatural. That wasn't created. So now it could spread all at once very prolifically and also run up the score. And then those people could blast the hell out of the 30, 40 year olds who rightfully took a risk return analysis in the spring and said, hey, you know, I'm, I'm never at risk. And now they're getting very, very sick with no comorbidities, um, filling up the hospitals everywhere. It's worse than it's ever been, Steve. Um, and then now the next shoe is dropping that even the vaccinated after spreading it around with the higher viral load, now it's wearing off their personal protection. Even the West Virginia governor admitted 25% of deaths now um, are among vaccinated and that's rapidly changing. Um, you know, we've seen in Pittsburgh, uh, Tribuna said as much as 40% of hospitalizations in Pittsburgh are. So this bravado of 190% of the people in the hospital are unvaccinated is nonsense. It's mainly the older people, but that's because the older people got it in January, February, maybe into March. The younger people, by law, policy, couldn't get it till later. That, that wheel is going to come off. And their answer is going to be to continue this vicious cycle. Oh, and Steve, now that they set the fire and then poured lighter fluid on it, now they're closing off all avenues of escape and blocking any outpatient treatment so you're screwed. That's essentially what is going on, Steve. But let's talk about Afghanistan. Let's talk about Duke University, number three rated medical school in the country. They just instituted a, a campus-wide outdoor mask mandate because they just tested all faculty and staff. Now, Duke is not a large uh, state institution. It's an elite private one. So we're not talking about a, a school that's got a 30, 40 uh, plus thousand uh, undergrad population. It's going to be more intimate or smaller than that. But we're still talking about thousands of people. They tested all faculty, staff and students. They came back with about 380 positive tests. Among those 300, approximately 380 positive tests, 97% of them were fully vaccinated. 
Now, none of those people are hospitalized. Some are showing mild symptoms. The lead singer of Kiss, Gene Simmons, uh, they've fully vaccinated everybody for they went on a tour this summer. They just had to postpone or suspend their tour because uh, he just uh, tested positive, even though he's fully vaccinated. He says he's experiencing mild symptoms. But even for the even for those who have no symptoms, where is their viral load going? Can you tell me that? So if, if I'm vaccinated, load. if I'm vaccinated and I test positive, but I never my body, my body's resilience to the virus never um, it, 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 it remains steadfast. So I never succumb to it. Where does that viral load then go? Because remember, they are taking tests that is assuming Duke's following CDC guidelines, but the guidelines for a positive test with the vaccinated is different than it is for the for the positive test for the general public. Exactly, exactly. So um, it's it's much less often. And obviously, if you follow, follow the guidelines, yeah, I'm looking, they officially say they have weekly testing. Um, but who knows? And again, the infection rate at Duke uh, mirrored almost exactly, literally exactly the number of, of vaccinated versus unvaccinated. So it was perfectly did not work in terms of getting it in transmission. Now, yeah, they they all had it okay because, you know, to begin with, it's mainly 18 to 25-year-olds um, who the whole previous year, we almost never had hospitalizations out of any of them. Um, and then also remember, most states kind of staggered it. So it went, you know, over 65, then it went to 60, 50, 40, it went down. So by definition, these are the people that got it the latest, many of them in preparation for this semester when they had to get it. So um, you're going to have that personal protection that's still in place. And that's how you square it with like what I just spoke to uh, an ICU doctor in St. Louis told me about a third of the patients in the ICU there are fully vaccinated. But what she was doing from day one is to the extent she could get that information, she was verifying they were the first cohort of people vaccinated. And again, that jives with the fact that they're older because the older people were administered it much earlier. It was, you know, often two, three months before, depending on the state. So again, what you're seeing here is when you have more than ever 30, 40 year olds dropping dead from this virus, it's not the Delta variant. I mean, if you genome sequence it, it is. But what I'm telling you is what the data you cited when this started in um, Great Britain, UK, what did they, they get? It, they got it like in May, two months before. If you look at the math of Israel's timeline, they have four or five studies. A new one just came out today, a preprint. It's about five, six months. It's like clockwork with Pfizer. Moderna is still not clear. Um, it likely takes longer, but it probably will happen. Pfizer is about five, six months of leakage. So this all makes sense. The Delta as it started originally was Muller's ratchet, God's divine providence, microevolutionary micro theory. A little bit more uh, transmissible, mainly in the households. Um, UK had very good data suggesting that, but much less virulent. Steve, people could throw all the charts and data they want at me, but that is not what is happening in Oregon, in the American South, and what's going to happen in the Midwest and the Northeast as time goes on. That is absolutely not our experience, and that is because we got the Delta wave two months later, so it's the Delta Pfizer viral load enhancement wave. Yes or no answer. 
when I looked at the epidemiological curves of Delta in the UK uh, and in India, what I found was uh, where the variant started, anywhere from 38 to 55 days was how was was their case surge before things leveled off. Today, if you go back, we saw a massive escalation in cases from July 12th to the 13th. That's why I've been marking the 13th as kind of the beginning of our case wave. This would be day 50, 50 days since July 13th. All right. So India, of course, had the longer one with the far bigger population. We are approaching their case wave. Do you see any statistical signs that we have reached a peak and we'll hit a downside soon? Sure. No, I mean, absolutely. I mean, I think the states that started with it in mid-July, you look at Florida, Louisiana, Arkansas, Missouri was already peaking. A um, couple other areas. There's the newer ones now that the kind of the upper south and then merging more west like Texas, which were later. Um, it has peaked. But, Steve, I will tell you, there are a lot of 20 and, and you're hearing it from me after 18 months of me coming on your show and saying otherwise. But it was true at the time. They now created the virus that didn't exist, but in the ultimate sick irony now does exist, that it does rope in younger people. It is more virulent. Um, and and uh, people are blasting other people with massive viral loads, uh, super spreaders. The Pfizer, the most dangerous place now is to be around a person that had the Pfizer vax but didn't have a prior natural immunity from prior infection. Uh, that is what's happening. So what I'm telling you is there are plenty of people, old and young, that are on ventilators in all these hospitals, and those death numbers are going to continue to look very ugly for weeks to come. Daniel, thanks for joining us, brother. We'll talk to you again next week. All right, take care. Take care. You bet. Hey, if you want to get involved in the real estate market during these unprecedented times, Bing. make sure you do so with an agent that you can trust and comes equipped with a fully vetted track record of success as well. And you may be wondering... Wow, I'd like to find a person like that. Good news for you. You can. And the name kind of says it all. Head to the website, realestateagentsitrust.com. Again, realestateagentsitrust.com. We can probably find you an agent just about anywhere you want to flee from uh, or move to. We can probably find you, unless it's like way off the grid, somebody who has a proven track record of success. And chances are they're listeners and viewers to, to, to Blaze TV and podcasts just like you are. Again, head to the website, realestateagentsitrust.com. Company started by Glenn Beck and his associates, so you know you can trust it. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Final thoughts on today's show. Sweden may as well be Wakanda at this point, sitting on a pile of vibranium. You know, it. we just, it, it, no one can see it. It's like missing on the map. No one knows where it is. We just need to believe all the... I hate that. This is... You call me an anti-vaxxer? I never cared before, but now I'm like Superman pulling open. I told you. Because they lie. All the time. All the time. And now, yeah, all your super spreader nonsense, which was never true, you may have brought it to life, this Frankenstein's monster. Congrats, everybody. As I said yesterday, every single intervention that, that has not been uh, the traditional intervention for uh, pandemics like this, what uh, human beings have used for years uh, to fight these viruses, every th single thing has made this worse. Why would this be any different? John 317. 
This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.